My name is Dr. Lindsay Wisner. I'm a psychologist, author, a mom, and still an occasional shit show. You're listening to the Neurotic Nourishment Podcast. This is a place for smart, sweary women to talk about stuff that matters, stuff that can make us uncomfortable, but stuff that helps us to learn and grow and be okay with living in that discomfort of not knowing the right thing to say or do all the time. Thanks for listening. You can also find me on Instagram at psychshrinkmom or at neuroticnourishment. Hi guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Neurotic Nourishment Podcast. About a month ago, I had the pleasure of talking to a dear old friend of mine, Mike Bober, about, um, well, life in quarantine, children in quarantine, and how he ended up making a difference in this world via his job. Um, we will consider Mike the anti-Tiger King, although he doesn't work with tigers and he didn't like my comparison, but fuck it, it's more interesting my way. Hope you enjoy this episode. Yeah, where in New Jersey are you from? Well, I grew up down the shore. I grew up in Tom's River, which is pretty much right over the Route 37 bridge from Seaside. You might as well just have spoken Japanese. Well, you've been in Long Island. You should know these things. Um, These are the invaders that come down every summer. But, uh, but no, I, I, grew up, uh, I grew up on the New Jersey shore, uh, about an hour south of New York and about an hour north of Atlantic City. An hour south of New York and an hour north of Atlantic City. Yep, I got nothing. Um, so, uh, uh, well, you, know, you know what? The Jersey Shore MTV show, uh, basically 15 minutes from my house. Oh, so classy. There you go. Something to be proud of. Um, it's funny. So since, um, last year I found out that, um, I have adult ADD. And so, I mean, I have ADD. I probably had it as a kid, but I was female and, um, uh, born. Yes, yeah. yeah, so I was still am. Um, impotent microphone. Um, uh, I was female and born like 10 years too soon because it wasn't yeah. a popular diagnosis. So, um, and now I understand why there's certain things like I don't understand, like uh, spatial relations. You know, you're allowed, to, you're allowed to tell people you're boring. You know, just, be, just because you don't like what they're saying, you don't have to, you don't have to beg off with adult ADD. Yeah, it's true. Um, but I'm like, I can never follow directions. Like, it, don't give me, okay. if you give me directions, I inevitably end up lost. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so... Here's what I was trying to figure out. I can't remember how we first met. Uh, Georgetown writ yes. large. Georgetown you know, large. You know, we, yeah. we had probably 80% same circle for two years. So, yeah. you know, I think it was kind of just one party or another at 3301 or somewhere else. Yes. Who lived at 3301? Uh, everybody from Ebert and... Uh, and Neil Bradley down to Izzy Klein and okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yes, yeah, thirty three hundred one Prospect was kind of the the central point for three years. So interesting. I don't remember spending a lot of time there. Then maybe it was something else. I think it was more philodemic related. Could be. 
Or okay. maybe maybe we met through Anne, actually. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. I I was in a lot of places a lot a lot more uh, superficially than than I should have been. Gotcha. Yes. Yes, and we'll avoid the obvious way we probably met. But um, <laughs> I was just making a joke. I don't think you did. You don't think so? if we didn't, I was just making a joke. Um, <laughs> no, we didn't. I what I do remember is um, uh, instant messaging, like constantly during my time at um, the NIH. Which, in yes. retrospect, I really should have taken more advantage of this fantastic opportunity I was given. Like, isn't that like the the underlying theme of? of our entire lives is, yeah. oh, my, oh my God, I had so much privilege and opportunity and this is what I got out of it. A hundred percent. And um, I'll tell you something funny. I, um, so I was trying to, in March before the world ended, I was trying to get, I reached out to Psychology Today to see if I could get them to like write something about my upcoming book because I wanted to use it to um, end the stigma, like I hash fed the right. hashtag, right, 10 steps end the stigma. And um, uh, I had my, summer before my senior year, I had an internship there and I was like the worst intern ever. Like I did nothing and I was constantly hung over and then I snuck out early sometimes so I could go to the gym. Like I just, and I also didn't understand the idea of tailoring my writing to some, to fit, you know, like that didn't make sense to me. I was way too dumb, young and brazen. Um, but so I reached out to them to ask for coverage and the senior editor wrote back. She's like, well, we don't really do that kind of thing, but you've got plenty of experience. Would you like a blog? I was like, why not? Yes, I would. Like, of course. So now I, I've got my like my dream job, uh, um, and I never took advantage of the opportunity when it was there. The thing is, that's that's not unique to us, though. I mean, that is that is in large part a a function of who the people are and where they are in their life stages that are getting these internships in the first place. What do you, you know, say? I mean, I've, I haven't, I haven't left DC. I've been in DC for, for 20 years. Yeah. And, and I can tell you that, that this is not a unique failing on our part. This is, this is very much a part of the growing up process. And, and part of it, I think, frankly, is the internship system. I mean, the internship system is not set up to really task people in a significant way. It's, it's meant to tap into, or up until recently, it was meant to tap into free labor. You know, so it was a lot of grunt work. It was a lot of file this, look that up. And, you know, if you're somebody who, like you, is, is ADHD and, and, you know, isn't necessarily going to gonna thrive in that environment, you know, can you really be blamed for not making the most of, of a tremendous opportunity that you didn't even see as such? Well, I mean, we were, like, we were allowed to write, you know, like, so... Um, which is fantastic. And still, when you Google my name, you come up with this article that I kind of wrote on, but I didn't like that they were taking like real research and uh -huh. making it into sound bites. And, um, and now that's exactly what I do when I teach classes on <laughs> out school. So, um, you know, and now I love it. But the funny thing, actually, my job after graduation was worse than any internship I've 
ever had. Um, I was a, um, a, called i called myself facts girl but basically i worked at us news and world report it was literally my job to take faxes from the fax machine that was in the um you know like the central hub of nonsense um and bring it deliver it to the reporters now first of all uh if they ever needed anything important it was going to be emailed or faxed directed to them, directly to them. So my yeah. job was fucking pointless. And when I interviewed, I was like, uh, they told me, they're like, you don't need a, a high school degree for this. <laughs> you know, like, and, but I was convinced I could get ahead. Yeah, it, and, it was your foot in the door. Yeah. Right. It didn't work. And like James Morrow was there and uh, Rebecca Cinderbrand was there. I think Andrew Curry was there at the same time too. And then but they had real jobs, you know? Right. And like, my job was nonsense. And then uh, the final straw was I was peeing one day and they called my name over the loudspeaker because a fax had come in. And I, it was a fucking Beanie Baby fax. And I was like, no, I'm done. Like, I'm done. I, I don't need- Sorry. Yeah, yeah, that was my worst job. And at the same time, Nick Johnson was working over at the Washington Post in the mailroom. Um, so uh, we- and now, he's, and now he's Axios. And now he's Axios. And the funny thing is, because when I was talking to him, the whole reason we put out the fake Hoya to begin with was because they wouldn't let us have our a farewell column because none of us had ever been an editor before right right so now editor-in-chief of axios like <laughs> no. how, how many how many of us have actually uh taken the career path that's that was laid out in front of us at, at college though yeah you know, i know well what what did you want to be <laughs> i wanted to be a career diplomat i wanted to, to i mean i thought i wanted to go into the state department and be you know some guy who had risen on his merits to become ambassador to who knows where. And the thing is, you know, I got sucked into domestic politics and I found that I had a lot more fun with that. I, uh, you know, I was able to land a job doing fundraising, which was kind of in line with my, my extroverted nature. But and weren't you fundraising for the Republicans? I was. Okay. I that was. was, but that, listen, there, there's, there's no, um, there's no, no I, I, there's no comparison then and now. I have to say exactly, exactly. And I, I, I left the political world in uh, 2013, so you know, definitely got out uh, at a good time. Yeah, but, but to be honest, yeah, but to be honest, uh, I couldn't do it now. I, I have seen too many changes, uh, really on, on on all sides, but but primarily on the Republican side to just turn me off to what what that brand represents these days. I think it represents insanity. It represents whatever he decides it represents, you know, at any given moment when he is within finger grasp of his his iPhone. Right. I mean, the other day I I saw a headline. I didn't end up uh, reading it, but it, it was something about uh, Trump had said something about the Death Star. I don't know if that or, I don't even well, know what I'm that sure was. That, I'm sure that ties into Space Force. 
Oh, right. Space Force. Right. I'm pretty excited about Space Force because then, you know, we'll all, uh, like the four survivors will have someplace to live. So. I'm, I'm excited about Space Force, if only because it's giving us a new Steve Carell series at the end of this month, which may be actually debuting tomorrow. Is that true? There is a, there is a, a parody Space Force series that launches on Netflix this week. Uh, I am really excited then because I, yeah, it's, yeah. it's the best thing to have come of this. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, I'm very excited to hear that. And I'll, well, cause I've run out of things to watch. Um, okay. And then I had to go the internet. Yes. Right. I had to Google your job. And so it, it still seems like it's sort of a, explain what you do. Cause it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I am now the president of the Trade Association, uh, basically the Government Affairs Trade Association for the pet care community. Um, you know, the shorthand that we use is if you're involved in bringing an animal into the world, bringing it into somebody's home or helping them care for it once it's there, uh, your job intersects with our, our lobbying work. So to ask an obvious question, Tiger King? <laughs> Uh, no, no, we are, uh, as, as you can see all around me here, uh, we are dog, cat, bird, fish, reptile, and small mammal. No, I meant, did you watch or have any opinion? Oh, okay, yeah, no, I, I did, okay. I did. Uh, Joe Exotic is, uh, you know, too much catnip for me between the politics and the, uh, the drama and the animals. Yeah, I just, like, first of all, I spent the first three episodes going, why the fuck am I watching this, you know? Yeah, it was a slow bar burn at first, but once it caught, it caught hard. Yeah, I I also had to really question my um, the power of my observation skills when I realized I did not realize that uh, that person was um, was missing an arm, like during the first interview. In fairness, there were so many missing limbs that <laughs> not being able to keep track of one is probably excusable. Uh, that is very true. So, yeah, I scanned your website and. Um, I looked at the legislation stuff and I was very, um, the one that caught my eye was the blood transfusions, animal blood transfusions. Yeah, yeah, we're, I mean, it's, it's. Is that common? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. So. Uh, we, we certainly don't have a lot of anecdotal stories to, to share on it. So right. you know, that suggests to me that it doesn't happen that often, but you know, there's, there's a lot of legislation that involves people trying to think around corners and think of things before they're needed. Gotcha. Um, uh, wait, a uh, question. Are alligators reptiles? <laughs> uh, they're crocodilians, which, uh, yes, they are, but, uh, but not uh, a type that we consider to be uh, companion animals. Oh, so you, you don't have to deal with Florida. Uh, I do have to deal with Florida a lot, actually, because a lot of the invasive species issues that they deal with down there from things like pythons that have been released into the wild. Well, that was what made me think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. lionfish in the water. Uh, some of these things cross over into, into our territory. And actually, there's a, a very large uh, tropical fish breeding community, like uh, farm-raised tropical fish uh, outside of Tampa. So we've got, uh, we've got a lot of involvement down there. Interesting. Um... Yeah, it is really, it is interesting. I was looking through the, like, the laws and the, um, I don't know, it, it sounds interesting. I married a lawyer, so it's, you yeah. know. Yeah, no, there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff that we work on that is really um, boring and mundane. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
you know, but there's also a lot of stuff that we work on that, that really kind of puts us in, in a good place uh, for, for times like these. You know, a lot of the work that we do is, is on the health benefits of the human-animal bond. You know the uh, the mental health implications that come from pet ownership. Absolutely. Um, yeah. We also work with the Centers for Disease Control on zoonotic disease outbreaks. So you know, COVID nineteen didn't involve a pet, but it definitely involved human to animal or animal to human transmission. So you, you know, think so? Oh, I mean, one way or another, it definitely did. The, how, the, how do you know? Because coronaviruses are are inherently animal in origin. Okay. And. I don't think anybody is suggesting that this one shows signs of having been manufactured. So even if it, even if it wasn't directly, you know, somebody ate a bat and, and got sick. Yeah. Where is that rumor from? I mean, is that, I mean, Wuhan has a wet market that was pretty much at the epicenter of where the, the disease seemed to spread from. Right. So it was a, it was a very reasonable assumption that there was some sort of connection between the market and the transmission. Uh, and, and since this coronavirus is a virus that is native to bats, okay, uh, I, th I think that's where people kind of, you know, look at the dots on the page and say, I can make a picture out of this. Yeah, one of my patients told me that this was all because some some idiot ate a bat and I, I see a lot of teenagers. So I just figured this was like a TikTok, you know, rumor mill. No, it's, I mean, that's, that was the, the prevailing theory for, you know, for a lot of this. I think right. there's, they're still not at the point where they're willing to say definitively where it came from, but, uh, but there's definitely evidence that there is, you know, animal to human transmission. And yeah. it seems to have been spread at least in part uh, through one of the, uh, the, the wet markets where animals are, are sold for food. Right. I mean, it could have come from the Death Star also, though. It could. You know, Space Force may have brought something back with them. I think that was how, uh, that was the plot of Species, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, I watched a lot of um, natural disaster movies during the first few weeks of quarantine, just for fun. Um, because that wasn't happening around you. Well, that was exactly it. And it's like, I, I think it's Contagion or... I can't remember. One of them is like, well, first of all, Outbreak is my favorite. So I kept screaming, like, why can't they just find the damn monkey and, you know, fix this shit? But Dustin um, Hoffman and Rene Russo? Yes. And like I everyone else in the world, like yeah. Donald yeah. Sutherland, um, uh, the guy that was on Grey's Anatomy for so many years from Can't Buy Me Love, um, you know, uh, a bazillion people, essentially. Hey, I, I apologize. I need to pause for a second. Sure. Uh, my daughter is having a hard time accessing her, uh, her classroom. Okay. So can I uh, jump off and come back? Yes, sir. All right. Sorry about this. Okay. Uh, no problem. Do you know how many times this happens? Um, yeah, hmm. we, uh, I don't know if you've, if you've seen any of, uh, of what went down with Fairfax County schools, but uh, no. The, the entire distance learning process uh, ended up being a complete shit show. <gasps> Ours too. Yeah. Um, but what happened? Tell me. Well, we, uh, we started out, they, we, we thought they were actually being really smart. They, uh, they decided they weren't going to start distance learning until after spring break, which was already scheduled. So that gave them three weeks to get things up and running. Uh, the problem is, apparently during that time, no one thought to check and figure out if they had updated all of their virtual learning software. Gotcha. So a lot of the stuff they had just was not ready to handle capacity. 
And so we had about two weeks of classes just not working. Gotcha. People getting logged out, people not being able to log in in the first place. Um, you know, people couldn't make the, the system work. Finally, they had to basically abandon this $2 million uh, short-term fix that they had, you know, basically paid money out just to try to get something they already had up and running. Yeah. And, and they said, you know what, we're just going to go with Google Classrooms. We're going to go with Blackboard, all the stuff that already was out there. Yep, that's what our that's what our yeah. Too. So now you know now everything is cobbled together. It's all you know duct tape, and uh, it just has been a nightmare. It's uh, you know it's such a, a nightmare. How old are your girls? Remind me. They are. Uh, uh, my older daughter is going to be ten next week, and my younger is six, so fourth grade in kindergarten. Okay, so mine are third and sixth. Um, yeah grade um and i strongly dislike my daughter's teacher um i she is phoning it in like no other it's also because she's uh she has no children she's young she's recently engaged um and um she's not very nice to the kids i don't feel like that um but yeah but the, really the character for me was last well, I should back this up by saying um, I'm very active in PTA because I'm a schmuck. Um, and so I was at like the head, like all the PTAs, uh, presidents and reps get together once a month. It's called Central Council, whatever. And I was at the meeting where it was right before, like they started, they had just started sending college kids home or like preparing them for, and uh, this woman, that I never thought was particularly bright, but apparently was a genius, raised her hand and asked the superintendent, are we prepared to do distance learning if need be? And he just sort of, this, like I will go to like my deathbed with this memory. He just sort of shrugs and goes, what? No. They're like, so what are we gonna do? And he goes, I guess we'll just use our snow days. Like oh, we had no clue what was coming, like no <laughs> fucking clue. And, like, and here we are 70 days later. 75. Um, I have a tally on my wall like I'm in prison. Um, like a prisoner. <laughs> literally. Um, and so every day I, I tally so I can know easily. But like we had no fucking clue what was coming. And the fact like and it was such an oversight on this man's part. And like he's really nice. But um, bless his heart. Bless his heart. Bless there we go. Exactly. There we go. Or um, with girls, I'll usually say, well, she's very pretty, you know, um, uh, but he had no clue. So it was really funny because everyone was running around like a chicken without their heads. Like I've been using Zoom to podcast uh, for a year now. So I was like, I, this is fine. Yeah. Um, but my son's middle school, like there was no cohesion. Like, yeah. yeah, and that's that's the big challenge we're facing. Yeah, is that this is so disjointed. You know, it's the idea that they're learning anything in this environment is a farce. Yeah, you know, they're doing an hour of distance learning. You know, live and live instruction four days a week. Yep, and you know, it's it's it is absolutely a make do to get through to the end of the year. Yeah. But there's no way in hell that this will be acceptable for an entire school year, you know, after this. 
you know, we'll, I, we'll, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt of finishing out this, this school year. Yeah. But, partly, but for us, I mean, that's, that's because our, our, our kids are, you know, thankfully well-adjusted, neurotypical, right. you know, they're, they're not in any way uh, kids that are, are, are challenged beyond the basic challenges that are all around us. And even that's too much. Right. Um, you, you hit on something. I mean, it sounds like you are of the same opinion I am that we're probably going to be doing this come September also. I don't think so. I don't think Fairfax is going. I don't think Fairfax is going to be allowed to do this come September just because they screwed up so bad on the front end. Okay. I think I think the the parents of the school district are going to insist on some form of live live education. Uh, you know, they they floated this they floated a survey to all of us this week, uh, asking you know what were our opinions on different rotational structures where you know a third of the school goes for one week and then distance learns for two weeks. Um, you know, what about spacing and class sizes? So I think they're they recognize that they painted themselves into a corner where the approach that we are using now is fundamentally unacceptable going forward. Right. I, I have a lot of, like, I am in all seriousness considering, um, like, homeschooling my kids come September, not because yeah, I want to, but yeah. not because I want, well, I can't, but, you know, but I, um, I, so I teach classes on out school um, to kids, and it's, it started as a way for me to, um, well, really what it, it started as a way for me, I can't remember which came first, chicken or egg, but like my kids take classes. And so, um, uh, oh, I remember how it started. There was a, a friend, she's now a, a fellow author, now a friend and um, through like the moms that my, like the cool moms, cause my daughter's cool. Cause like I'm not cool, but she's cool. Um, but so uh, she, uh, one of the women who had a friend who was an author. She's a very good author. Um, her name is Eileen um, Palma Moskowitz, and she had her book coming out in right at the start of the coronavirus, much like um, you know myself. Uh, and her book was uh, called Camp Click. And so basically, she taught a creative writing class and like the entry fee was ordering her book which is brilliant you know yeah. um but my kids loved it and so then i thought well what else can they learn and i found out school and um some of the like a, sometimes i'll be teaching a class and I'll, everyone in there is normally homeschooled you know okay. and like and they're really the most well behaved they're very intelligent like it is possible for homeschooling to occur. This is just not, it's just not possible for teachers with no experience to. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, they, they, they weren't trained to teach in this environment. No. Um, and I also, um, I also have my concerns about whether or not like the psychological ramifications of being a kid and going to school and seeing all the yeah. masks and everything. So um, yeah, I can understand that. yeah, I think that for us, one of the biggest challenges is that, you know, if, if this were happening 
and and most of the the resources that would have been available to us under normal circumstances were open this would have been a much more tolerable and frankly you know situation where the girls could even thrive you know elizabeth loves putting together you know just almost borderline magical uh, activities for the girls when they're home for summer break right. but that's because you know we've got the entire smithsonian institution at our disposal right you know we've got we've got parks and and you know national national historical sites to go to yeah but you know right now none of that's an option um obviously the museums no the parks no parks were uh national park service closed down most parks for for a good part of this they've started to slowly reopen but even now it's you know only specific elements of the parks are open right um you know, anything that, that, that lends itself and predisposes people to, to clustering is off limits. Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm also nervous about the reopening, but, um, you know, yeah. I'm anxious by nature. I, I, I like to think that given, you know, four months to get this right, they will. But, uh, you know, that may be wishful thinking on my part. I think it's wishful thinking. Um, oh, but uh, so I... Um, I was telling you, we, uh, my daughter's teacher, uh, my daughter's science, home yes, her science homework two weeks ago was, uh, uh -huh. third grade and it was a picture of objects and you had to separate them into things that made noise and things that don't. It was like drums, symbols, tomato, like I was like, what the fuck? I like, I emailed uh, the principal and who never wrote back to me, but she and I have had previous discussions that I don't like this teacher. Um, and uh, I was just like, you gotta be shitting me. Like, I don't know what she's teaching them. But is, is, that, is that the third grade curriculum? No. Okay. I mean, literally that's like a, that's a nursery school. Oh, I, I don't disagree, but I also I also know from experience that the the requirements of curriculum in some places are are pretty piss poor. No, we have a very good school district. Okay. I mean, there's constantly fear that it's going to get worse, blah blah blah. But we have like a very good school district. Um, I'm in Hewlett, um, and it's on this like South Shore. But um, but then my son, uh, I looked at his progress report just for shits and giggles, and like. The PE teacher who the first week of quarantine uh, sent out an email to the kids that was a, a note from his dog. It was like, woof, 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 this is whatever the fuck his name's dog. Have a great week. The PE teacher has now written, Hunter needs to participate more in Google. Like, go fuck yourself. You know, like, no, you're PE. Like, uh, my kid had a broken foot once and you gave him a hundred. So like... Yeah. That's done. And then another teacher wrote, um, uh, Hunter's, uh, Hunter's, what does it say? Uh, like, uh, his, his submitting assi assignments exceeds expectations. <laughs> like, yeah, like, just showing up exceeds expectations. Yeah, right. So, um, at this point, I'll, I'm just counting the moments until, um, this summer and until this rather the school year ends and then um they are going to pick because they go to a uh, like a creative arts and science and technology camp normally but yeah. not not now 
So I am going to give them free reign to pick out their classes, um, like without school, and they can, you know, they can do acting. She's going to do acting. He's going to create things and like. Um, That's yeah, I mean, and thank God we have a pool also. So um, yeah. that will be our existence. But this is all just kind of a shit show, and it makes me feel better that yours is too. Well, and and it's and it ends up falling on you, and and that's the that's the challenge here is that this is a system that, in order to succeed, requires people who have no training and and frankly who didn't sign up for it in the first place. No, motherfucker. To, <laughs> to, to not even not even just be passive participants, but to to actively shape this. I mean, I had to jump off. I had to jump off to help my daughter log into her classroom. Because if I didn't, you know what? She's not going to go to school. Right, right, right. I mean, and I'm, it's funny because I have a, like, you have a job too, yeah. obviously. Yeah. But like, how are, um, listen, we're lucky enough that our kids are old enough that like, mm -hmm. you know, fine. My son has watched every season of Flash four times in the last 75 days. But like, um, we're lucky enough that our kids can function a little right. bit on their own. Because, you know, like the five, six-year-olds, you know, like that, or, well, I guess it depends on the six-year-old, but like the nursery schools are trying to do Zooms so they don't have to give money back to yeah. their parents. And like, how is that possible, you know? Um, yeah. Well, and, and I mean, at the end of the day, the, the other element of this is that, uh, you know, these these kids are are experiencing this just like we are. Yeah. No, I mean, they're they're... Their day-to-day -day has been interrupted. They can't interact with friends. You know, that's that's difficult stuff. Yeah. Well, we, um, so we've done two of those birthday, you know, gatherings, drive-bys, whatever. Fine. Yeah, we're, uh, we're, going, we're, we're going a different way than that with Simone. We, uh, we found a, uh, an online uh, virtual escape room. Nice. So, so she and three of her friends, including one who actually moved away last year, which makes this kind of nice, yeah, uh, are, are all going to do a virtual escape room together. That, so there's still you know, cool. some sort of party element to it. And then we're, you know, we're arranging so that uh, everybody's got cupcakes and then afterwards they're all going to sing happy birthday to her. That's really cute. Yeah. I mean, the two that we've gone to have been very nice. One of them that I liked the most, they gave out the parents champagne. And so I was happy there. Um, you always know, helpful. Oh, always helpful. Um, but uh, uh, I don't know if your girls play Roblox. No. It's a computer game. I don't know. We, um, we're very limited in what, like, my son's never been allowed to play Fortnite. Or I, I think we let him play Minecraft briefly. I don't know. But um, basically, they play and talk to their friends. And so, um, well, Hunter has no interest, but Alexis is constantly in some sort of a, um, uh, a chat with her friends. So, yes, she's missing the physical, but not the, um, the yeah. emotional. So, um uh and hunter just doesn't give a fuck i mean he made batman's utility belt yesterday that's what he did good for him yeah it's really uh it's really very interesting so 
I don't know. Um, thank you for catching up with me, chatting with yeah, me. Absolutely. I'm sorry I had to uh, to bail in the middle of it. But, really uh, not a problem. Uh, do you know how many times children walk in during this? I mean, mine or the guests, like both of the people I podcast with are parents, so it's just a given. Um, how is Elizabeth doing? Is, does she work? I have no idea. Uh, she actually runs a nonprofit out of our house. Uh, oh. What she does is she uh, she arranges to pick up uh, gently used children's books when families are are That's right. Get rid of them. I do remember yeah. that. Yeah, and then she uh, she works with with various schools and charities and things to distribute the books to them so that they can get into lower income families' homes. That's uh. Do you know? Um... Do you know Alex Shear, Nicole? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what Nicole was doing that for a while too in Pennsylvania. Excellent. It's a Excellent. great, it's a great thing. Is she still yeah. able to do that right now though? Uh, actually, she is coming into my office this afternoon. Uh, we've been storing books here, and she's going to sort out a bunch for delivery to two uh, Head Start programs. That's fantastic. That's yeah, so she's been able to do some of that. Um, her writing's been on the back burner, so. Yeah, you I was going to ask about that. Yeah, she just, she can't get the, the time away to do it. And when she does, she's so fried from, you know, being full-time parent all day, every day. I know. That, uh, it's, it's really difficult for her to do it. And, and I, I got to say, I am so impressed with her. I mean, this is so far out of her comfort zone and it's so constant. Yeah. But she is, you know, she's holding up like a champ and it's tough. You know, it's it's it definitely is a challenge, but she she impresses me to no end. That is beautiful. Um, my husband goes to work every day because he works at a psych ward. Um, yeah. But uh, does holding up like a champ mean I want to hold up like a champ? But are you still allowed to drink tremendous amounts of alcohol every night and be a champ? Oh, absolutely. I okay, think fine. most champs do. Okay, good. Then I'm good. <laughs> then I'm holding up like a champ too. <laughs> and, that's, and that's the thing is that I say that and, you know, that I, I, I worry that that diminishes the, the tremendous toll that this takes no. because it's not, it's not that she's not feeling it. Yeah. It's that she's feeling it and she's doing it anyway because she fucking has to. Right. Right. Um, I agree. Um, Personally, I drew the line at the Hebrew school um, Zooms and I'm like, you want them, because I told my husband, you want them to do that, that's all you. Because they're literally playing like um, Hebrew letter bingo like twice a week, so I'm out. Um, but- um, Why is this chat unlike any other? Right, exactly, exactly. I wish. We did a Passover via Zoom this year with uh, my, yep, my family and my husband's family. Um, but I- uh, you know, it is tough, and it's also nice that you appreciate what she's doing because. Um, I try. I, I don't. I don't always hold up my end of that, but I definitely try. Well, you'll have to list, make her listen to this episode so she knows how wonderful it is. Because you do. It is tough. You, if you're going into work, and she's home, yeah. you're you're living different lifestyles, and it's it can be tough to relate. You know. Yeah, we're 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 trying to find the balance and. You know, some of it is is making sure that that there are pressure releases, and you know, I, I bring the girls into my office on Fridays with the dog so that she's got some sanity time. But oh, I thought you meant sex as a pressure release because I was like, that's good too. Um, but too. but I actually think I would prefer someone Him to taking take... the kids and disappearing for a while. Yeah, yeah. which he does. And the um, I also work on Sundays, and so and then Saturdays I kind of lay low key so I get a break. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
So, uh, well, everybody's got to allow themselves that at this point. I know. I mean, nobody, nobody can be nonstop and this is nonstop. I seem to think I can be nonstop. I mean, I literally, I like, yeah, I know. But like, I'm I'm up at 5 a.m. So I can exercise before the kids get up. Not that that helps. I'm still, you know. I'm, I'm impressed that you're even still exercising. Um, I am and I, I love it. And I thought it's like my, um, I keep thinking if I exercise enough, it'll take away the stress and I won't drink, but that's not happening. Right. Um, uh, but I'm up at 5am and then, you know, I'm, uh, either, um, I'm either writing or I'm teaching or I'm with patients or, you know, like you're working. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes I check in on the kids stuff and, um, my son has better grades than he had last semester or quarter or whatever, because uh, we check it through before he hands it in. So That helps. That yeah, helps. There you go. Um, okay, Mike, I wish you only the best and stay Absolutely. safe. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And if, uh, if I can help in the future, if there's, you know, if there's a topic that you want to talk about that might actually cross over into, you know, what I do on a daily basis, let me know. Absolutely. That would be fantastic. Um, I... Uh, I would have been much more excited if you were into tigers, but whatever, alligators. No, I can't talk about tigers, but I can talk about puppies. Oh, wait, I have a question for you. Yes, yeah. puppies. Okay, I saw on your website, two cats were recently diagnosed. Yeah, uh, at this point, that was a couple of weeks ago, but yeah. Okay. Um, uh, the, yeah. Are they indoor cats? They are. Um, Did they their owners were, have it? That's That seems to be the... the uh, the, what what they're determining is that the transmission was from owner to pet, uh, but so far there is no evidence that any animal is capable of transmitting, uh, at least you know, in, within the, the companion animal community, pet to people. Why would that be the case? Do you know? Uh, because cats specifically and a couple of other species uh, have receptors inside their bodies that that are. Uh, predisposed to to allow the coronavirus to latch onto it. Okay. Uh, so it's actually pretty easy for them to receive it, but in order to then turn around and transmit it back out, it's got it, it, it's a different transmission mechanism. Interesting. Um, I don't know. My my cat is like literally sleeps on my face, so I think she could give it to me if she had it. But um, but there's but yeah, it's 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 so far there has yet to be a transmission from an animal to a person. But I don't know how we would know that. Well, uh, testing and, and contact tracing. Contact tracing. There's the answer. Brilliant. See? That's very interesting. You um, think I do this for a living or something. I know it's weird. <laughs> You're so good at it too. Uh, all right. Uh, be well. Uh, give mm -hmm. Elizabeth my love and encouragement with the writing thing and the parenting I thing. And, yeah. uh, and uh, you know, once this is done, hopefully your book becomes a latent bestseller. Yeah, who knows? I can't. I I don't even have any idea how many um, how many have sold because they haven't updated the um, uh, you know the numbers. And um, I mean, obviously, getting you know diapers to babies are more important, but you know. <laughs> But you sound convinced. I'm not. Whatever. I'm bitter. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Mike. I'll Got talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Neurotic Nourishment Podcast. If you like what you hear, please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, shout from rooftops, smoke signals, hot air balloons, whatever. 
I'll take any of it. Uh, and if you really like what you're listening, why don't you become a patron? Join our Patreon. Visit us at patreon.com backslash neurotic nourishment. Thanks. Thanks.